So, the big question is this. How do regular golfers like us, who have jobs, families and very little spare time, how do we improve our golf and lower our handicaps? That's the question and this podcast will give you the answers. My name's Paul Gray. Welcome to Golfing Secrets. Okay, so welcome to episode number 11 um, of the Golfing Secrets podcast. So um, we're going to do a bit of a review of what's happened on various tours. Um, a little bit light on events this week. Um, a lot of that to do with, I think, the fact that the Players' Championship was on um, at the weekend. And um, But on the DP World Tour, we had Jorge Campillo. Uh, he won um, on the DP World Tour and... Um, uh, I think that was his second win on the DP World Tour or the European Tour as it used to be known. Uh, there's no event on the LPGA Tour this week uh, and there isn't one this week either. Uh, but on the 23rd is the next one and that's the LPGA uh, Drive-On Championship which is at a place called Superstition Mountain Golf and Country Club uh, in Arizona and the defending champion for that is actually Leona Maguire so uh, Irish Irish lady so uh, be interesting to see how she uh, does in defending that uh, tournament has been obviously playing pretty well um, of recent um, so yeah it'd be good to see how she does uh, on that one there was uh, no event on uh, the Live uh, Golfer Tour again, and to be honest, I've almost sort of given up with uh, with Live at the moment. There's so few events, and um, the only the only downside I, I, I think really is that there was no uh, no defending champion for the players uh, over the weekend. So there was no Cameron Smith who won it last year. So I, I do think it's a, it's a bit of a shame uh, to not have defending champions there, even though I know they've gone to a rival uh, tour. But I do think um, that defending champions should be allowed to defend even if they have gone to a, to a different tour. But I suppose that's, that's one for the PGA Tour to sort out. But um, uh, the main event this week was uh, the Players' Championship. And uh, yet again, it was another win for Scotty Scheffler. Now, um, Scotty has obviously is, is on quite quite a quite a run of events, to be honest. Um, I think if I actually bring up his his numbers, sort of for for the last the year or so, I think he's had six wins in the last uh, in the last year, four in the last season, and two this season so far, and. Um, over that time also he's 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 had six top tens um he's had um seven runner-ups he's had um five third place finishes and he's had 42 top 10 finishes out of 118 events events that he's played now those 118 events also includes um the corn ferry tour um events that he's played as well uh, that he played in 2019 so it's a it's a hell, one hell of a record, and um, is it does sort of tend to sort of beg the question as to would we consider him to be um, the next goat, so the, the next greatest of all time? Now the you know there are several sort of players you could say are in that category, but the two main ones are Tiger and Jack Nicklaus. But um, Scotty Scheffler is is. He's certainly on his, on his way to to get into some sort of status like that. I mean, with six wins in the last just over the last year and a bit, 
Um, there's only um, the likes of Ty Boards and Jack Nicholas that have actually had that number of wins within, you know, within sort of a year or, or year and a bit. Um, and, you know, it does beg the question, you know, is, is he going to be the next the next true sort of goat uh, when it comes to golf? And I think it's it's an interesting question. But before we get to that, I just want to talk a little bit more about the, the Players' Championship. Now, he won it by by quite a margin. He won it by five shots. Um, potentially could have been more. He, he only had a three under round in the last round. Um, but, but what really sort of impressed me from it was when you look at the numbers um, across all of his all of his rounds he was actually it was at times when he when he perhaps bogeyed he then followed it up with a couple of birdies so uh, in america they talk about bounce back ability so that is you know if you do make a bogey it's making a birdie on the next hole so to, to in effect sort of make up for it and uh, and it's something that he seems to do quite consistently and it's it's an interesting thing to sort of look at and it's i suppose as as with any golfers it's you know how do we deal with those sort of those bad times during a given round um now he did it um a, a couple of times during the championship he did it in round one i think he shot a bogey on the fir- on the fifth hole and then followed it up with two birdies and then I think there's another occurrence in round three on the seventh hole. He, he, again, he bogeyed the seventh hole, but then finished with two birdies. Um, finished the, the front nine, in fact, with two birdies. So he was he was certainly able to, to, to really sort of bounce back. And then when you go to the final round, now, um, a lot of the other players weren't necessarily making that, min- that much inroads, certainly on the, on the front nine. Uh, and if anything, some of them were were dropping back. Um, some of the sort of some of the notable ones were Aaron Rye, who, you know, as, as a Brit, um, managed to get a, a hole in one on the previous day, and then on that very same hole, shot um, a triple bogey. So, you know, and and that just sort of sums up golf. You know, one day you can be playing some some brilliant stuff, and the next day not so good. And and he sort of certainly struggled to to make any putts. He wasn't giving himself any easy putts, and any of the par putts he had, he was he was really sort of struggling with because they were just a little bit too far away. Um, and it was at that time when the likes of Aaron Rye and some of the other uh, contenders in the championship were were certainly sort of struggling. Um, he was he was sort of tending to sort of go away. And, and in fact, on that on that fourth round, there was a point. I think it's from about the eighth hole through to the twelfth, where he birdied every hole. So he had five birdies in a row to to really sort of consolidate his lead and, in fact, extend it. Whilst others were struggling to to sort of keep with him um, and weren't able to make um, the birdies and, and even eagles at times that they that they needed. And and it was exactly that that really sort of helped him to sort of to get that far ahead, really. Um, the only one really, I think, in the um, on the uh, in in the on the back nine that sort of really sort of put any sort of pressure on him, to be honest, was uh, Tyrrell Hatton, who carded a record equaling. I think it might have actually been a record back nine of 29, um, 29 strokes. So he was seven under just on the back nine. Unfortunately, he was just level par on the front nine, but shot seven under on the back nine, and and actually on the 18th hole played what. 
potentially could be one of the one of the the best shots of uh, of the the golfing year this year um and that was on the 18th he'd he'd um he sort of carved his his drive out to the right was on the um he was on some of the uh, the sort of the, the shaky ground underneath the trees uh whether i think they call it was it like a wood chip type of type of type of footing and and, and that was quite quite loose and he was able to play an absolutely miraculous shot uh to the 18th to give himself a i think it was a 20 foot birdie putt which he then sank uh to to sort of secure his sort of second place uh, in fact by he, he was ahead of hovland by two strokes come the end of the uh, of the tournament but but going back to to scheffler it really i, I don't know it, it's it's a you've got to think what is it that makes him so so good and i honestly believe that a lot of it is temperament i think um he he has a very steady temperament unlike those of us those, those mortals of us who um you know we might have a, a one or two bad holes we sort of tend to let it get to us um uh, or i certainly do and and i think it can then really sort of ruin the next few holes if you don't sort of get get a grip with it and um do something to sort it out but he never seems to to um let it get to him uh he just sort of carries on he's he doesn't really show a great deal of emotion he has a few smiles he's not a, he's not a tilt hassle where he doesn't smile um and i think one of the one of the funny things from this weekend was that Tyrrell hassan actually was was said to be smiling on the golf course on the 18th after he made that miraculous shot which as i say i think will be one of the best shots of the year um but yeah he, he just mentally he just seems to be absolutely in the right place all of the time doesn't get flustered and i think if that that can really make for a a, a great um a great golfer ultimately um now his, his numbers uh, so I, I, I looked at them just a little bit to sort of show that you know as i say he'd had those he'd had those um six wins in the last year and a bit i think it's only about a year and two months he'd had those six wins and and sort of over that time he, he'd had something like he'd made 94 out of 100 um 100 odd cuts um and and has earned something like 32 million dollars um in in that one year and that's just miraculous golf really and you don't really see I mean, surely he has to be favourite for the Masters, which obviously we're we're counting down to the Masters, which is now only sort of three and a bit weeks away, really. So, without without a doubt, I think he's going to be the the, the comfortable favourite for that tournament. Um, and also, he's the defending champion for that. So again, that would be just an amazing feat if he could defend the Masters. Um, and I don't believe anybody's actually defended the Masters unless Woods did um, in one period. But um, I think it's it's just it's just absolutely fantastic golf and um, something that we can certainly learn from in terms of the um, the mental side of the game. Really, I think it's something that we can all try and work on and. Um, that probably neatly leads leads me into my my sort of top three books um, and listens that I'd sort of like to sort of recommend. But just before I get onto that, I just want to sort of say the the other stat that he had is that he's only the third player to hold the Masters and the Players in the same season. The other two being Jack Nicklaus and Tiger Woods. So he's up there with with 
quite some uh, some esteemed company to two goats of the game or probably the two, the two goats of the game uh, and hence the question you know is is Scotty Sheffield going to be considered to be a goat you know once he sort of had his career I think it's looking quite good but it's obviously early days at the moment and we've had several other players who have had good starts and just perhaps haven't been able to follow it up for the rest of their careers but um, it'd be interesting to sort of watch this space so talking about the mental game and um, uh, and I just wanted to cover off this week my, my top three three books that I've read um, from a from a golfing perspective now um, the the first one, I sort of put these in sort of in sort of order. So in sort of third place out of the out of the three, in third place is uh, a book by Ian Porter um, that's called No Limits, and it's it's a really interesting read. Now the live thing aside, and certainly I don't blame him for 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 going over to live for the for the financial reward and and, and the likes of it. Um, but but his book is actually a really interesting read. It's, it covers off him as a as a character, and he's certainly one of the sort of characters of the game. And it's just really interesting to see where where he came from in terms of getting onto the tour. And it wasn't very much. It wasn't a, a typical sort of PGA Tour um, uh, player uh, approach. He didn't go to college in the states, and that he didn't do that side of things, and started off life in um, in a pro shop. And in fact, actually um, turned pro before he was even a scratch golfer. Uh, now that shows certainly belief in uh, in in his own ability, and I think it really just sort of sums him up. And it's it's an interesting read. There's some funny stuff in it as well, and I do think that it's it's worth um, having a read or a listen if you can get it on audiobook. And um, yeah, so that's Ian Porter's uh, No No Limits. It's his uh, biography. The, the second book, or the, in position number two, is a book by a guy called John Richardson, and it's called Dream On. Now, this um, was a big, um, was at the sort of top of some of the some of the book charts back in 2009. Um, I think that was when I actually um, originally sort of read it. And but it but it's interesting to sort of see that if you actually read it now, there's a, a lot of the things in that book are. Are certainly very true of today some of the outputs from this book really sort of demonstrate that you know golf is a tough game it's a hard game to get really good at and you know for anybody who's a you know isn't a, uh, a single digit handicap or even anybody who's you know in there in the late teens early 20s as a handicapper you know for for somebody of that ability to get down to scratch in i think his challenge was in under a year is is quite something now i won't ruin it to, to and, and sort of in terms of to say what the result was and how, how he how he actually did in, in that challenge but it but it did highlight a lot of things and one of the passages from within the book itself was um it was talking about you know um all the coverage on the it was just the golf channel at the time and you got um you know coverage of you know it was tiger woods vj singh phil mickelson you know and and, and those golfers at the time were sort of bringing some of the older courses sort of to their knees with the new technology that was coming out um, and also fitness and and sports psychology and all that sort of stuff was coming in at the time but it was it was saying that average golfers appear to, to be getting more and more frustrated with the golf game 
and uh, the interesting line was it says you know the these amateur golfers are getting more frustrated with the game they're playing as badly as ever but losing vastly more expensive balls and getting caught up in the preposterous merry-go-round preposterous merry-go-round of buying 300 pound drivers every other year and and that in its in itself was was really um quite eye-opening because we've got that very same thing these days you know it's just that the price of drivers are you know a lot more expensive we're talking you know in the mid 500 pound mark now for, for new drivers for a lot of new drivers um and it's interesting to see that even back in 2009 they were saying the same things you know about that that endless merry-go-round of buying new drivers to try and improve and you know in a lot of cases that that doesn't work it just it just simply doesn't i think in order to improve you've got to actually you've got to work at your game and if anything the dream on book um, by john richardson is is a real testament to that thinking and the fact that you do have to work hard if you do want to get your handicap down and um as i say a, a really good read and sort of number two on my list of uh, sort of golfing reads now the one interesting part after the uh, after the comment in the book uh, that says about buying the 300 pound drivers is he then mentions a, a, a guy called uh, bob rotella and uh, about some books that he read at the time of his and interestingly um enough one of those books uh from dr bob rotella is actually my number one book to read and um it's called putting out of your mind um as i say it's by dr bob rotella um who has a lot of uh, different books that he's uh, he's written he's actually sort of the the number one go-to psychologist on the pga tour uh, a lot of people um have followed his his approach um to to golf um, Brad Faxon, in fact, is one of those people um, who is Rory McIlroy's putting coach, and um, it really is a—it's a really interesting read. I've, I've listened to it several times as well, and it's a less technical book, and, and it's certainly more about the mindset approach to to putting, really. And there's a lot of great examples in the book of how you know just every everyday golfers like ourselves can actually improve their golf and um putting out of your mind was one book in particular i read it for the first time about five years five or six years ago and it really helped me with my three putts and um there was a particular drill in there that that said rather than rather than um looking at the ball when you putt the stroke look at the hole when you putt the ball um, and just see and that that really helped me with my distance control and it's a great tip for anybody who struggles with distance control instead of you know looking at the ball when you put the stroke look at the hole and just make the putting stroke it makes it a much more relaxed and you're not thinking about it so much about the, the actual stroke itself and just naturally hitting the ball the right distance so so that's my number one um, book that I would definitely recommend to anybody looking to improve their golf um, and in particular your, your putting I think it's a great book for anybody um, as I say it's more about the mental and mi mindset approach and it's got real things in there that you can actually um, use and follow and, and in fact to, to this day I do use 
um, the um, Bob Rotella way and an approach to to my putting, and it's without a shadow of a doubt has helped me um, to putt a lot better than uh, than, I, than I have done. So they're my sort of three sort of top books to to read or, or listen to if you get them on um, on audiobook. So that's Ian Porter's No Limits. That's Dream On by John Richardson and Putting Out of Your Mind by Dr. Bob Rotella. Three highly recommended books uh, for any of you that haven't uh, haven't made it that way. And um, that really sort of brings us to the end of uh, this week's episode, really. Uh, I just want to say that next week we've got... So next week I'm actually going to be recording um, a video to do with driving. Um, as many of you will know that I've, um, as part of my sort of strive to get down to scratch by the end of this year, I've, um, I've got a focus on my driving and, and also on um, my approach play. And as part of the uh, the driving uh, side of things, um, I'm looking at, um, I'm going to be having a, a lesson which we're going to record, which um, is is basically comes off the back of a lot of people will have heard of uh, SAS Golf on, on YouTube and it was a video that he did um, regarding uh, driver uh, driver numbers and driver spin and attack angles and things like that and so next week we're going to be doing a video to um, try and just sort of prove the point when it comes to equipment and um, how you can sort of get that extra bit of distance uh, and maybe some consistency as well um, through the way that you, you sort of strike the ball rather than just buying new equipment really. So uh, that's going to be recorded next week. Uh, hopefully it will be out by the uh, start of the following week. So that would be sort of week commencing something like the 20th of, of uh, March. Um, so that's up and coming. Um, and that's really it for this week. Uh, this week's giveaway uh, is actually the same as last week. So we're going to extend um, for a period of time. I'm still giving away copies of, of the book 30 Yards in 30 Minutes. Um, you can visit the link in the bio for the podcast or if you go to any of the social media if you go to the TikTok channel which is how to practice um, you can also get uh, the link there for um, a free copy of the book and that's it for this week so as always if you got some value from this um, or any of the episodes please share the episode with just at least one other golfer uh, so you can help as many golfers as possible and of course do subscribe or follow the podcast we're going to continue to publish new episodes every Monday or Tuesday and I'd really love if we can sort of really grow this community and and hopefully help a lot of other um, people to sort of improve their golf and uh, and lower their scores so uh, thanks for listening and here's to shooting lower scores